Today we begin a new liturgical year, and that means a lot of things change in our liturgy. We switch to the color purple to indicate the season of Advent, the time of waiting in joyful hope. We leave the Gospel of Luke to spend a year exploring the Gospel of Matthew. And speaking of waiting, some of you who know my usual shtick can probably anticipate the next few words out of my mouth. Matthew is my favorite gospel. Matthew is the teaching gospel. Matthew presents Jesus as the new Moses, giving five powerful discourses to the disciples and then putting those teachings into actions. Matthew has undoubtedly been the most important, most influential of the four gospels in the development of Christianity. Although we believe that the gospel of Mark was written first, the gospel of Matthew is placed first in the Bible. Matthew is the gospel of parables, but we won't be hearing the parables for a while at Sunday Mass, but today we'll hear a bunch of similes. Matthew tells us that when Christ comes again, it will be like a thief in the night, in the middle of a time, as in the days of Noah. But let's be clear, friends. We are to wait for Christ's second coming with joyful hope, not with heavy foreboding. Advent happens as the days get shorter and shorter. And yet we have this Advent wreath, blessed last night, to indicate that there is still light even in the midst of darkness. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Advent is the season of the year when the church seems most out of step with our secular society. Advent is the time when we speak of waiting in joyful hope. For these first two weeks of Advent, as we stress the importance of waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of time, we seem especially out of sync. We say, not yet, even as Christmas decorations have been festooning the stores for weeks or months already. Christmas music fills the stores, and many of us have put a lot of effort into Christmas shopping and Christmas parties. And yet, Advent is the favorite season of the year for many Catholics. Why is that? Not only do we get a lot of really awesome scripture readings, this is a great time of year to attend daily Mass, but also the Church shares some great wisdom that our secular society doesn't acknowledge. Advent is about waiting. And most of us know that waiting is an inevitable part of life. There are many things that we simply can't rush, no matter how hard we try. No matter how eagerly we anticipate the end of the semester or the end of the school year, we must wait for our grades, for our letters of acceptance, and for job offers. No matter how worried we are about an illness we're facing, we often have to wait for the results of medical tests before making any decisions. No matter how much we may wish to get married and settle down, we have to wait to meet that special someone. Waiting is inevitable. But there are good ways and there are bad ways to wait. We all know people who complain about their current lot in life. A bad relationship, a lousy job, their medical conditions, and so on. But they never seem to do anything about their problems. It's one thing to accept things that we cannot change. But it's a completely different thing to not make an effort to address circumstances that we can change. We can't expect a relationship, 
a job, or certain illnesses to work themselves out unless we take action. Others of us fall into the other extreme of poor waiting skills. We spend lots of time ruminating. We can spend hours upon hours worrying about every future contingency. What if I get to be 30 without meeting that special someone? What if no one hires me when I graduate in three years? What if my hair falls out during chemotherapy? Yes, we will naturally spend time worrying, and that's okay. But so many of us rev our brains, turning the information over and over in our heads, when deep down inside, we recognize that our condition won't change by thinking about it. In these situations, we must wait for more information to be revealed. So what's the healthy, holy way to wait? It's tied up with that famous prayer of Reinhold Niebuhr. God, give me grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed. And the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. I think there's another prayer that captures it. The embolism that the priest prays at almost every Mass at the end of the Our Father graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But a lot of us are prone to feel distressed when we wait. When we hear Paul tell us to throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, when we hear Jesus speaking that some people will be taken and others will be left, we have a tendency to panic. No matter how hard Dr. Ruth and I try to get the graduate students and young professionals group to talk about how to live their lives as Christian disciples in the here and now, some members of the group, none of whom are here today, the ones who are here are perfectly fine, would rather speculate about what awaits us at the end of time. The church gives us Advent to remind us that in the mix of all the feelings we have while we wait, we should strive for the predominant emotion to be joyful hope. Pope Francis created quite a stir on Tuesday by releasing his first apostolic exhortation. It's a long, powerful document called Evangelii Gaudium, or The Joy of the Gospel. In it, he challenges each of us to not turn inward on ourselves, but to turn outward towards others, to those who are impoverished, to those who do not know the gospel. How can Francis use the word joy to describe sharing the gospel with such people? Francis writes, I realize, of course, that joy is not expressed the same way at all times in life, especially at moments of great difficulty. Joy adapts and changes, but it always endures, even as a flicker of light, born of our personal certainty that when everything is said and done, we are infinitely loved. It's kind of cool that Francis spoke of the flicker of light this week before we lit our first Advent candle, but it's especially cool here because of the graphic we're using for a new outreach ministry we're doing here this Advent called Blue Christmas. We're adding a special Mass here on Christmas Eve at 8 p.m. for people who are experiencing pain or loss. 
So if you know anyone in the greater Knoxville area, even if they're not regular mass goers, even if they're not Catholic, anyone who's experiencing pain or loss right now, please take a flyer from the table in the lobby and tell them about this special Mass as we reach outward and try to rekindle joy in their lives. There's also a big article on the next to last page of the East Tennessee Catholic that just came out about this Mass. Where is the joy in our scripture readings today? Well, it's most apparent in the glorious vision of Isaiah, where all people will stream toward the mountain of the Lord, beating their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. But it's also in Paul's call for living in the light, and in Jesus' promise that we will be taken up at the coming of the Son of Man. How are we to wait for the coming of the Lord? Not by sitting around passively, but not by ruminating about what the end of time will be like either. God calls us to do things that can actually make a difference, like sharing the joy of the gospel with everyone we know. Wherever we are on that final day, whether it be in the field or at the mill, wouldn't it be truly wonderful if no one was left behind and we all went rejoicing to the house of the Lord? Let us spread the joy of the gospel. What are we waiting for?